Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. What's up, everybody? What's up, what's up? It's always a pleasure to do Brother from Another on any day. On any day, it's a pleasure to do this. But on this day, Charles Robinson is here. I'm excited to see you, Charles. And Charles, today is Valentine's Day. And so, look, okay, look, man, look. We're going to talk about Valentine's Day later in the show. I know this day causes a lot of um, stress for people. Uh, It leads to people getting together. It leads to people breaking up. It leads to people questioning themselves. leads people spending a lot of money they don't have. You know how much money is spent on Valentine's Day, United States? All right, this number is going to blow your mind. Do you know the number? You know the number, Charles? I'm gonna I don't, you. but I know it will blow my mind. I can't wait to hear it. $26 billion. $26 billion? $26 billion. $26 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's the, it's the, it's the third, and uh, according to research, uh, it's the third priciest holiday in the United States, Valentine's Day. That's nuts. So, look, I'm going to say something, Charles. It's not going to cost anything. Charles, I love you. <laughs> well, I love you too. I wish I, I wish that's the way it worked in my household. I wish that was that was right. that's as far as Should I had to go. I love <laughs> Should that be enough? Should that be enough? I remember yeah, no. years ago. Yeah, years ago, like going into year 16, it's going to be our 16th anniversary this year. Going into year 16, I remember maybe the midway point, year eight, seven, six, five, somewhere in there. I said to my wife, like, really? You know, just because somebody decides that February 14th is going to be the day, you think that I got to respond to the, the corporate bullies who tell me and you that this is the day I got to respond to that? She said, yes. Yeah, that's the right answer. Okay. Yeah. I respond. It. I respond. I, I'm like, all right, that's part of the deal. That's it. You got to respond. So you notice, you notice, Charles, I didn't say, I didn't do any of that bro stuff. I didn't say, I love you, man. I love you, dog. I love you, bro. I, I just, no, flat out. Just straight no, love. I love you. I love you. We're, we're evolved here. Now, I can tell you that since we're evolved and, and we're cool, I love you. But I hate that item in your feed <laughs> where you say that Patrick Mahomes needs a rival. What are you talking about? It does. What are you he talking needs a about? Rival. He has, oh, man. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You were probably there. You were probably the one who started. I'm giving you credit for this. You're probably the one who started Burrowhead. You probably started oh, that movement. The, yeah. the, you you probably started the Burrowhead movement, but we were just talking about Patrick Mahomes at one point in 2023. This year, he was 0-3 against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had gone into Kansas City in 2022 and knocked him off in the AFC Championship game. Cincinnati's coming. Here's Joe Burrow. He's right here. All this stuff. Hey, okay, Bengals. Hey, hey. The Bengals were fake. Were they favored in that championship game? Were they favored? 
think they against were, the right? Chiefs. Right, at, right, right at the end. Was, Didn't they? It was I a pick they, uh, or maybe one point. I think it was like one, so, one and a half, I think. So I'll give him this. Patrick Mahomes is one and three versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Don't isn't that the rival? Don't you already have a rival? No. They, what do you mean? I, I mean, he mean? needs a rival. I, I, the way that we grew up with rivals, right? So, like, I, I always bring up the NBA because the NBA, by far in our lifetime, has had the most uh, fleshed out, obvious, clear, unforgettable rivals, at least of my lifetime. So it's like Magic Bird. Um, it's it's Michael versus Magic versus Bird versus Isaiah. I think he's got, oh, I'll give you an example in the NFL world. Like what made Tom Brady great over the years wasn't just Tom Brady. It was Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. You know, it was Tom Brady versus the history of Joe Montana. It was, it was someone yeah. to measure, like as much as I love greatness, I love to be able to measure greatness against other greatness, particularly in real time. The problem is right now with Patrick Mahomes, where he's at, this fast, the two Super Bowls, the two Super Bowl MVPs, the two MV, regular season MVPs, uh, just the sheer dominance over the AFC and in the span of his starting career, no one's really shown up. And I know it looked like, hey, maybe Joe Burrow. It just, but again, Joe Burrow's got to beat him more than just get into the Super Bowl. Someone's got to win titles, okay? Someone's got to bring hardware yeah. to the table. And then we start to say, okay, well, who's the best out of these two? Or because it can't right now, who are we measuring him against? We're measuring him against Brady. That's the conversation we're having about okay. Patrick Mahomes. Well, and I agree. I, I love your point about Brady Manning. Uh, I, I was I was a part of many Brady. Yeah. Man- I was a moderator. I was a moderator. <laughs> part of many Brady Manning debates. But wait a minute. Now you make a good point over here, but consider this point, you know, back and forth. But remember, listen, Tom Brady had three championships. Let me see if my math is right. I think it was. Brady had three championships. Manning had zero. And yet Manning early in his career, Manning was considered the greatest and right. Brady was considered this, the what not necessarily a system guy, but you know, good, but not on Peyton because anyway, before Tom won. So Tom had Super Bowl MVPs and no regular season MVPs. Peyton had regular season MVPs, including this ridiculous co MVP that you football writers I know it wasn't you, but football writers, you know, it's like we can't make up. We can't make up our minds. Let's give it to both of them. Participation trophy for both of these great champions, these great players. So, but he had, he had MVPs, regular season MVPs. He had all the records, but he didn't have a title, but people still looked at him as a worthy rival to Tom Brady. And so I, I think the same thing can happen right now. Mahomes is awesome. I love, I love watching him. I, I love even imagining what's, what he's going to be when he's 30. And dude's 27 years old and crushing it. What's he going to be at 30? What's he going to figure out? What's he going to unlock? You know? But see, Michael, what, what the, the difference was when you compared Brady and Peyton Manning stylistically, one, it was the winning because early on, so it was Brady. Okay, well, Brady's already winning. So that elevated him up into this echelon, right? Well, how did Peyton get there? It was his mastery over the position. It was statistical. I mean, he like statistically blew it out. Um, it was the pedigree coming into it. It's all these different things. The problem with Mahomes is he has both. He masters the position. He has the arm. He has the hardware. He has both sides yep. of the ledger. 
So it's not like we all of a sudden, because we, remember, we wanted to put Josh Allen in it, right? We're like, well, Josh Allen's got the arm talent. Uh, he's in the AFC. They met in the AFC title game. This is going to be the, um, you know, this is going to be the comparison we're going to have to, to, you know, make against these two players. But I, he's dominated Josh Allen statistically. He's dominated Josh Allen in terms of the hardware. He's dominated the position over everybody. That's the problem. We can't, there's no peer that he has where we're like, well, this guy's just statistically better, or he plays the position better, or with more flair, or with a greater skill set. He has all of it. He has everything. I mean, there's a yeah. chance that this feels to me like, and I said this after, you know, sitting there and, and soaking in the Super Bowl win, I was like, this is starting to feel like the beginning of, when we were looking at Tiger Woods at the beginning, we are like, well, Jack Nicholas is the only one we can really compare this guy to. Like, this is where it's going. That's what it feels like, that there's not going yeah. to be any peer around him that we can measure him by. It's going to have to be the forward success ah. of who is the greatest and now the chase. But look what happened there. Look what happened yeah, with well, Tiger. And, and, I know, and look, I, I know there are other issues. There are other issues. There are other I'm not issues getting there. into that. Okay, I'm not going there on Valentine's Day. Not on Valentine's Day. Not on Valentine's Day. Day. Not, not on Valentine's Day. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. We should. Why okay. not? Come on. Let's go not ahead. Today. Not today. Everyone. Listen, love Love is many things, right? Love, many love, things. love can be. Love can, love can be beautiful and, and like it can be idyllic and then there can be there's an ugly side too. There's an ugly side of it. When things go wrong, when things go left. Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, also, here's Tiger Woods. But also costly. But we thought also but, costly. Costly on yeah, both yeah, ends. That, that is costly. <laughs> oh, that's very costly. It's very costly. It can be costly uh, to your finances and costly to your person uh, as well. But you know, we thought that Tiger. I, I remember watching Tiger at the beginning. I said, "Oh, oh yeah, Jack. Is it, oh, it's only a matter of time." Because Jack didn't have this like Tiger has, and Tiger's in. No, the funny thing is, now this really is. This is, this is funny, because we were so out of it media-wise. I think I may have even written this. I bought the narrative. Like Tiger, he uh, hits it longer than anybody else. He's in his whole hotel room studying yardage books. No, 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 no. He wanted to. (laughs) That wasn't what he was doing. No, that's what he. He wasn't doing that. He wasn't studying that. He was studying a lot of things, but it wasn't yardage books. No, no. But we thought it was just a matter of time. Tiger's going to pass Jack. Well, he still hasn't. He still hasn't, and he may, it, he won't get there. It looks like he won't get there, right? It's not going to happen. Well, physical, though. Tom Brady. Right? It, was fi- Tom, it wasn't the talent. It was yeah. physical, right? We okay. can say that. Well, with Tom Brady. All right, Tom Brady, I just told you, three championships in four years, two Super Bowl MVPs in four years, just like Patrick Mahomes. So he's in his 20s. He's an icon. And then what happens? They go 10 years, Charles, 10 years between Super Bowls. Now, that's not to say they didn't get back. They almost went undefeated until they didn't. Uh, They almost beat the Giants a second time until... Wes Welker dropped a pass that could have uh, really put them in position to win the game. Like all, all these things happened. They went to AFC championship games. They were competitive. Uh, they were seen as the model organization when they weren't getting nabbed for Spygate and Deflategate. But other, you know, hey, listen, don't let the details get in the way. Point is, you had Tom Brady, you had Bill Belichick, you were winning games, and you were stuck on three for a while. So I, I know we want to. 
anoint Mahomes, and I, I'm making the same mistake. I'm, I'm right there with you. I actually, I'm, I'm with you. I'm more on your side than against, but I, I'm using your argument to argue against myself because I don't want to fall into these traps that we often fall into when we see a transcendent well, player like Patrick Mahomes. Okay, so that's it. We have his rival. His rival is time, right? It's time and the elements. It's um, when when does someone fall on his ankle and it's not okay? You know, when when has something happened that's catastrophic that can't be overcome? Now, we lost Brady for a season to a torn uh, ACL, right? So that's also possible with Patrick Mahomes. But, I mean, it, it's – I would agree with you that there are a lot of unknowns moving forward, but the start is the start. It is what it is. Like this is, um, it looked early on in year one as a starter, which obviously was year two uh, um, for him in the NFL. Year three as a starter. All of a sudden we were like, wow, this is, this is just different. He looks different. Everything about him looks different. And now he's been able to meet that challenge. The question is, how long does Andy Reid stick around for this? How long can they... Uh, take advantage of the fact that, you know, his raw, his contract that he signed, that 10-year, $450 million contract um, doesn't look great, but honestly, it's a, it's a team-friendly deal because it gives them a locked-in price for a long period of yeah. time. They should be able to work around that deal. It's not quite the um, bargains that Tom Brady was necessarily doling out over the course of his career, but it gives the Chiefs an ability to keep building around Patrick Mahomes' moving forward um, as long as they don't make too many mistakes. But yeah, I, I guess maybe that's just his, his rival right now. It's just time. And what does he lose along the way? Because I don't know if, you know, Tom Brady would say whatever we want about uh, Bill Belichick and who was most deserving of the praise and, and the success in that relationship. I just don't know if Andy's sticking around for another 15 years or for that matter, whether or not Patrick Mahomes wants to stick around for another 15 years. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, you talk about the rivals. Let's hear from Patrick Mahomes because you said the rival may be time. The rival may be Tom. <laughs> the rival uh, you know, may be all, all sorts of things. But I think the rival was fluid too. If you listen to what he has to say here, here's Mahomes talking about keeping receipts. And so uh, I, we'll talk about it on the other side of this. Check it out. Last night you mentioned that you were aware of some of the critics during the offseason uh, about the Chiefs team. How often do you keep receipts you know, of that kind of stuff? Like, like a Michael Jordan, and how much of that stuff pushes you? Yeah, it's hard not to hear that stuff, uh, especially in, in today's age and social media and everything like that. And so you hear um, how, how not good we're going to be, um, and all you can do is prove it on the football field. I'm not a guy that's going to re- – respond and say stuff back to people or anything like that on social media. I'm just going to go out there and prove it on the football field. And uh, once you do that, there's nothing they can really say. And, and you know the line, right? You know the line that the line that we all quote from the last dance. And I took that personally. Michael <laughs> Jordan. And I took that personally. So, I mean, but that's, that's it. And we look at it from the outside and we say, like, why do you need that? You don't need it. You don't necessarily need it, but huh. it's enjoyable for for guys like some of those guys. I think, and I like I want those I, I want I want those I want those athletes on my side. I, I want I the think, athletes I, who are driven, but then they also hear the stuff, yeah. and then they're driven even more. 
and and then respond like Patrick Mahomes and not respond like Travis Kelsey. That's kind of off-putting. Like don't, Travis Kelsey response is kind of off-putting to me. But I, I like the I like the process. Don't you feel like most most of them all the greatest ones, the ones they they all keep some measure of receipts? Like you know we like Magic early on was always talking about how he felt like the league embraced Barry or excuse me Larry and was always looking at Larry and and how the Celtics were anointed and how much that drove him. Larry, you know what, Larry, the three point competition where he asked, you know, who's finishing second. I mean, it was, it was just ingrained in him. Yeah. I grew up on the Pistons. They, they wanted to keep receipts on everybody. They wanted to just go after everybody all the time. That's just what their mentality was. You know, Brady obviously kept receipts. I don't think Mahomes, here's the thing too. He does keep receipts. Think about when he was on the golf course, right? And somebody mentioned Justin Herbert. And he made sure right. he had a response to that fan about Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, he talked about the cigars, right. right? Like, oh, we should have cigars or whatever the line was about having cigars. Clearly, that's a little bit of a receipt that he was keeping there. I I think this guy is, he is cut from that cloth. And even though he just, he seems to play it a little more chill than than maybe some of these other guys do, let him get a little bit older because the older he gets, the I think the more chippy he's going to become when you start to get younger guys who are him now. Yeah, he's going to be 32, and there's going to be somebody coming out of whatever school who's supposed to be the greatest ever, and he's going to say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, I don't think so." Right, okay, right, exactly, right, exactly. But I, I I love this. I love where we are right now in the AFC. Um, I mean, in football in general, because Jalen Hurts on the other side, <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Played a hell of a Super Bowl. I mean, an incredible Super Bowl for him. You know, passing for one, running for three others, over 300 yards. I mean, he was great. But think about this little AFC mix. What I want, what I need to happen. I, I'm not worried about Kansas City. Not worried about Patrick Mahomes. They're going to keep fighting. They're going to keep competing. They got two Super Bowls. Once you win two, you want a third. And once you get a third, you want a fourth and all that stuff. Got it. I'm not worried about Buffalo. I want Buffalo. Like they haven't. They've been there. They've been on the cusp four straight, which you love. You thought that was a, one of the great runs in NFL history when Buffalo got the four straight Super Bowls. Okay, got it, got it. Right, so, look, they're hungry in Western New York. I'm worried about Cincinnati and what's around Burrow. Like when Mike Brown made that comment about, well, you know, listen, we Mah- still got to put Mahomes together deal. a football. Yeah, we got to put together a football team. <laughs> no, nah, man. We need we in football America. We need three hungry, talented teams to just fight for it. Because if that happens, we'll get exactly what you're looking for. We'll get like a, a 1970s kind of thing, where you had. Well, that's still not a good example because the Steelers won four, <laughs> four in a decade. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you did. But you had the Steelers, Steelers and Raiders, nasty. Okay. Steelers and Dolphins, like the Dolphins won back to back in the 70s. And then, they, you know, to throw the Cowboys in there. Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys, you know, so you had all these teams just really, and, and, and I just mentioned three of them in the same conference, just fighting for supremacy. That's what we need to see. And then Patrick Mahomes will have that rival that you asked for. But you mentioned the era. That's the problem. What are, what are the eras we're talking about? That wasn't a salary cap era, right? It wasn't a league that was built to cannibalize you um, as soon as you win a Super Bowl. You win a Super Bowl, and it's not necessarily – I mean, look, all the top-tier players get paid, but the funny thing about a Super Bowl is 
the second tier guys get paid. It's all of a sudden because you're in free agency. You're yeah. going, well, geez, he's coming off a Super Bowl roster. You get that Super Bowl bump. Uh, look at, I want the best in the world for Jalen Hurts, but they already lost both their coordinators. All right. It's already an uphill climb starting right now going into next season. So there are so, a lot of factors around that's going to, you know, put that in check. I thought the Eagles lost their, lost their defensive coordinator in the second half. Oh, of the Super Bowl. Oh, come on. Come on. I man. thought he bounced. He was there. You mean to tell me he was there in the second half? <laughs> I didn't know. I thought I thought they were like I thought some somebody from uh, like WIP was calling the plays or something like that in the second <laughs> half. What's up with that? Oh man, disrespect. All right, look, you want to keep talking about greatness? We do too. Ashley Nicole Moss, who's great, coming up next. Some brother from another. Love you, Charles. I love you, Michael. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do people acknowledge the layers of greatness and that greatness doesn't always come in one form, one persona, one look, one career, one lifestyle, that it can exist. It's a very broad spectrum of what right. that looks like. Is Joe Montana's still people... my man. He's still my man. I mean, let's just say, hey, a great quarterback, stuff. Hey, I'm still with Joe Montana. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going with Tom Brady. Why? Tom, man, listen. Tom Brady got all the rules on his side. You can't touch him. You know, he said, "Listen." <sighs> <laughs> I love that. I love that it's from the <laughs> I Am Athlete podcast. One of the hosts uh, and, and content creators of that podcast is the one and only <laughs> Ashley Nicole Moss. And Ashley, you were talking with Lawrence Taylor, who mm-hmm. definitely fits into the greatness conversation. For some people, he's the greatest player in NFL history. And he yeah. says, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm going with Montana. Forget about, my, uh, forget about Tom Brady. What did you think? when he said it and what are you thinking now if you had some time to think about his comments? It's interesting. You know, that was the reason I kind of posed that question. I think that there are so many different criterias for what greatness is, depending on who you ask. Right. And I think that with LT, he comes from a particular era 
of football. So for him, greatness means different than maybe the people who grew up in the modern era of football, or maybe there are people from LT's era who can kind of change with the wave of what greatness looks like or what the game has become and use that as the criteria. So for me, it's Tom Brady, but I can go ahead and understand the argument of a Joe Montana or a Dan Marino or, you know, some other the guy, other guys who are kind of thrown into that conversation of as the GOAT or as the greatest of all time or one of the GOATs or whatever the case may be. But it's interesting to see when you speak to different people, specifically men who have played the game, what that looks like for each of them and how it's such a fluid conversation. Not everyone agrees that it's Tom Brady. And I think that's just what makes sports such a interesting dynamic conversation as you get so many different opinions on the exact same topic. No, I just, I want to say this. I'll watch LT. LT, <laughs> in my book, LT's, he's in the conversation with the greatest NFL player ever. I would mm -hmm. absolutely agree with that. But there's some white that's, that's you know, crept into the beard. <laughs> and I feel like as someone who's had some white creep into my beard over the years, I notice when it starts to creep in, you get the y'all got it easy syndrome. I mean, the older, the older yeah. you get, the more you start to look at people coming along behind you. Go, well, you didn't have to deal with this, and you yeah. didn't have to deal yeah. with that, and I didn't. I yeah. think he's got a little bit of that now. And no, don't get me wrong, Joe Montana's great, but let's be honest. We see athletes very often. They try to stick up for their era, their their contemporary, right. their peers. So I get it. I think Joe can be part of that conversation, but I, you know, there's a whole other. It's like me looking at a young person now and being like. Well, you didn't have to deal with what it was like when you didn't have a cell phone. Well, you know what? They right. have to deal with right. what it's like to it's have a cell like, phone. It's, it's kind of like back, like when, you know, your grandparents or your old head uncles would say, well, back in my day, I had to yeah. walk. Well, it's not walk my fault school. we have cars now, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not my fault we have cell phones. This is the era I was born in. Do not put that against me. So, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of, you know, error, hateration, going on and i think that it's a little bit unfair that's why it's so impossible to compare errors right we talk about you know um jordan and lebron and we talk about we had that discussion it's a never-ending conversation but you can't knock somebody for becoming you know one of the greats in a different era it's just the rules right. are the rules the game is the game but it's so interesting to hear how players specifically not just fans but players specifically who existed in that era and came up and did well and did beyond well in that era just cannot get with the changing of the times and the changing of the game. It's actually kind of funny when you sit back and you listen to it from a different perspective. Yeah, and, and let me ask you guys both. Uh, as the game, I know the game has evolved. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the, game has, the game has changed in a lot of ways. Okay, I'll, I'll go back. I'll give you an example. Uh, as the uh, oldest person in this room here, uh, so I can tell you, when I was uh, probably like college, you know, sophomore, junior in Pittsburgh and, you know, make mm -hmm. a little extra money, uh, $25 per article that went a long way at Sam Remo's pizza, get the college special cheese pizza and soda. Anyway, uh, $25 uh, per article. I used to write about the Steelers. So I remember the Steelers had a okay. Monday night football game against the Bengals. And the big story was, Ooh, Sam Weish. The head coach of the Bengals, he's doing all these crazy things on offense because he has three receivers on the field. <laughs> they got three receivers. Hi, oh, whoa, whoa. They got three receivers on the field at the same time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are we going to do here? And it was like, it was like a big deal. 
But I say, yes, the game has evolved. But for, for, for Lawrence Taylor, because he's not the only one who's doing this, Charles, you're right. Lawrence Taylor, Jerry Rice, any of the great players, Joe Montana, for that matter, any of the great players from, from that, uh, that era. Is it a different game? You guys tell me. Is it different? Is the game, the game has differences, but is it not football anymore? Is that not the game? That we, do we see this game right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean is, it's still football, right? It's the same game, no. but obviously, obviously, it's the same game. I mean, I mean, you'd have to be crazy to not think it's the exact same sport that's being played. But I do think that it's fair to admit that the difference in rules drastically affect the game, right? The differences in rules when it comes to the protection of the quarterback, things you can and cannot do, makes it a drastically different type of game. At its foundation, it's all football. At its foundation, it's all basketball. But those changes in rules, whether small or big, definitely affect the sport as a whole. And I do think create, that when you talk about do eras, they create that's what the biggest so, difference Ashley? is. Do they create, do they create people who, 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 who in another era would just be like, oh, in other words, if Tom Brady, I, I know we can't right. do this, but we're going to do it anyway. If Tom mm-hmm. Brady played in like 1984 and so he's <laughs> Joe Montana's backup, Montana goes out of the game. Here comes Tom Brady. Could he, would he still be Tom Brady or he'd just be like, oh, he's just a guy because he's not used to this era here. He. We got him. I, we got him I, where we want. I think. I think you still get. I mean, if Brady still gets Belichick, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have to go ahead and go ahead and, and be implemented into that that plot for it to still be Tom Brady. But let's say Tom Brady gets Bill Belichick. They both go back in time and they still have that relationship. Do I think that Tom Brady still sees success? Absolutely. Does he play until he's forty? Probably not. Like that's probably not the situation. Yeah. That that those probably aren't the cards that Tom Brady's going to be dealt if he's playing in the eighties. So I do think you have to acknowledge the difference in rules and how that allows certain players, certain positions to become superheroes. And I don't think that's, you know, an in or an unfair thing to say. I think it's a very realistic thing to see. Now, are there players who could exist in multiple eras and see success through multiple eras? Absolutely. We see it in basketball and we see it in football. But I do think that there are less of them than there are more of them. Yeah, see, I think I think we get into this era when we start comparing these eras, and we we always do it by a, like a one player perspective. Like we just, oh, what mm-hmm. if we took this player and we put him into this era? And I, I think of like when I started covering the NFL. I mean, we're talking over twenty years ago. I remember walking through the locker room and how different it looked then than it looks now. I used to see offensive linemen that had big bellies, people who you were like. That does not look like the most athletic human being on earth. Now you walk through, <laughs> you walk through uh, locker rooms. Now, the the yeah. six five six six offensive tackle that's three hundred pounds has abs, is is insanely gifted, fast feet, and I think the speed of the game is completely different. I think the the technology's also changed though too, right? Technology. I think the depth of the defensive looks that you face, the fact that remember there was a time yeah. where. This idea of changing the defense at the snap, showing one thing and then changing it to another, all of a sudden that was revolutionary in in the NFL. Well, that's only revolutionary if it wasn't happening a lot. If if you could actually walk up the line of scrimmage and you knew what defense you were facing, it's just this layering of, and and I think it's a fascinating subject. It's great to talk to 
players like Lawrence Taylor about that because there are so many different layers that can be argued. And I think ultimately it's it's the multiverse, right? You get all the Spider-Mans together. At the end of the day, they might have different attributes, but they're all Spider-Man, okay? Everybody, the, the greats are the greats. We can argue what right. gives them a little edge over someone else, but it's it's the it's the you know Kobe Jordan LeBron argument. We can argue it forever, but and at the Michael, end of the day, they were all great. Again, we can't knock people for existing in ever changing right. times. Like technology is Amen. supposed to change. The helmets are supposed to get better. The nutrition is supposed to get better. The rehabilitation tools and techniques are supposed to get better. The game, in order to exist and to continue to exist has to evolve. That's no different than regular technology in everyday world. If we were still walking around with beepers and pay phones, a lot of things <laughs> would look drastically different now. It has to evolve in order to continue to exist. So while I understand the comparison of the errors of you know the old heads or the OGs, as we like to call them, say back in my day, we can't live in the 80s forever. Things have to go. We have more than 10 channels on TV now. It's cool in 2023. There's no reason to knock it. There's a lot to love about 2023. Yeah, and you know, it's too bad. I, and I feel for them because really what it comes down to, yeah, they're defending their eras. But for a lot of these players, what's unspoken there, but it's kind of hovering. It, it, it's like 10 elephants in the room. It's like uh -oh. the money too. It's the money. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's part of it. Like, okay. I saw a story today. I know, you know, it's kind of going outside of football, but this is not unusual. I saw a story today about Grant Williams of the Celtics. He's going to be a restricted free agent. And he's going to look, he's going to get somewhere between 17 and $20 million. Yeah. Okay. Like back. Okay. Back in the day, $20 million. That wow. was like what T-Mac was making. That was star okay, money that, back then. Right. That's really, it's relatively nothing in the NBA, like relatively like $20 million. If you're the best player on your team, you're making twice that. If you're an mm -hmm. all-NBA player, you're not making 20 million, you're probably making 40. And mm -hmm. if you're Russell, you're making what's, what's Russell Will, Westbrook making? What, 46 or 38? Whatever, something crazy. Okay? Yeah, more than, a lot more than two, maybe. Yeah, a lot more than 20 million dollars. And so I, I I understand a lot of athletes now look at the the platforms that that exist for the modern athlete, look at the money that exists for the modern athlete, and they're not necessarily saying these guys are trash. In some ways, it's like doing that thing like, God, if I had been born yeah. 10 years later. <laughs> well, they built it, I right? They built it. Yeah, I mean, we look at I mean, what, yeah. what... But yeah, what but that, that's nice. That's a nice... That's a pat on the head. That's a, that feels like a, a very... Um, that feels like a condescending pat on the head, doesn't it? Hey, you built it. No, it's, I'm it's, standing it's your interesting. Yeah. It's interesting uh, yeah, you bring it you up are. though. Because <laughs> when we when we spoke to Steven Jackson, we kind of had this conversation in a basketball in basketball terms about guys who go ahead and embrace the fact of being the vet in the locker room and uh, you know, kind of taking the new guy under their wing and getting them ready to lead lead the franchise. In that aspect, we spoke about Tony Parker and DeJounte Murray of the San Antonio Spurs and how, you know, Tony Parker didn't do that for DeJounte. And he spoke about that in the podcast, you know, with Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, all the smoke. And, you know, that was something that's brought up as well is like some guys are able to pass that torch and say, listen, the game is the game and it's going to continue to evolve. And it's not their fault that they're coming up in this new era where they can make more money and they have more avenues to do it. I'm going to be a vet and still do my job and kind of get them ready to lead this franchise. 
And some guys aren't able to do that. Some guys aren't able to get out of their own way and be okay with that. This was the era I came up with or came up in rather. And yeah, it may not be getting me the accolades and the money that, you know, these guys are getting now, but that's not their fault. I'm not going to take it out on them. Some guys are built to be able to look past that. And some guys aren't. And you see that throughout all sports. It's not an easy pill to swallow knowing that someone does the same thing as you, maybe not even as greatly as you do or had, had yeah. did it, make it twice the amount of money. That's a tough pill to swallow. It is hard. It's not an easy thing. That is tough, uh, but I'll tell you, I'm glad you're in this era, Ashley, because I want to ask you yeah. uh, just quickly about your your Super Bowl observations. <laughs> we saw you. We were able to see you in person yeah. uh, uh, during Media Row uh, in, in Arizona. Uh, happy to see you doing your thing. Here we go. We got, we got our stands. Look at that. I look, I look, you know, I was a little uncomfortable right there. I couldn't, I couldn't yeah, yeah. Hey, Jim. <laughs> Michael, you're not going to get, you're not going to get Jim back on the show because Rihanna called him boo. It's over for y'all. Like the price went yeah. all the way up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. How about that? Said I know. Boo. Thank you, boo. <laughs> um, so what what was your if you if you walk away from Arizona and you tell somebody okay this is what I saw or this is what I think mm-hmm. about Super Bowl 57 here's my number one point your number one point from Super Bowl 57 maybe the week leading up to it or the game itself and that is what well it looks like there won't be a parade for any NFC East team this year huh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the I'm Cowboys okay with fan. That. We'll start from zero next year, baby. I'm good. Listen, I'm obviously happy the Chiefs won. If it if it couldn't be my Cowboys, it definitely couldn't be the Eagles. Um, it was this close though. It was this close to be really to be really <laughs> depressed for a couple of weeks. Oh, but what, luckily, Patrick Mahomes did their did their thing, and the refs may have helped them out. I don't know. Whatever. See, I'm not here to judge. Ash, I just know it wasn't the Eagles. Ashley, so, <laughs> Ashley, didn't you listen? Didn't you get the theme of the day off the top? We said. It's Valentine's Day. It's about love and the hatred. I am spreading hatred. love. Yeah. I'm spreading yeah. love. Yeah. I'm spreading yeah. love to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chiefs fans for another Super Bowl. And and you're withholding love. love from, <laughs> you're withholding love from Philadelphia. Very, very obviously withholding. Hey, love they booed Dak at the Super Bowl while he was getting the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Mm. Okay, which is an award for philanthropy and doing good things from the depths of your soul and your heart. And they boot him. That just some hey. people say that was karma. Some might say that was karma. I'm all Dak, I'm saying. Dak, uh, there's there's a clip out there with some lip reading as Dak was getting booed. He had a word. <laughs> he said something <laughs> under his breath. You got to find it. I'm not going to say what he said. I know, I but know he said something. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even think it was wrong. It was not wrong. He and said by the way, blank Philly fans. Philly. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he said. It was, there were legitimately two titles awarded, though, right? Like when I looked at Twitter, I was like, I don't know if Kansas City fans or Dallas fans are like more hyped at this outcome right now. Like, I think mean, it was like, it was like Cowboys fans still got their ring. They got their ring just because Philly oh, did. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. It was, it, it was, listen, that it, it had all the makings of being a very bad summer for Dallas Cowboys <laughs> fans, but we made it. 
We may have not made it to the Super Bowl, but we went ahead and we made it through and a football season without an NFC East team winning the whole thing. So that's a win is a win. Oh, here it is. Okay, I'm going to put that out there. And listen, and, and I like that. I like that your man of the year said that too. Yeah, like, I, don't want, yeah. I, I, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see the full, I want to see the full, the whole self. Like we all have our moments. We're not always, you know, just all polished and saying the right things. That's legit. That's genuine. Listen, Thank Michael, you, Dak. Dak was doing, Dak was doing interviews throughout, you know, Super Bowl week. And he made it very clear. He was not, he could not and will not root for Philly. They were asking for his predictions and he was very outspoken with the fact anybody but Philly anybody but Philly like it, it just can't happen it just can't happen I'm sorry that's the right answer yeah that's the right answer good for him <laughs> Ashley great to see you as I told Charles off the top I love you Ashley thank you love y'all <laughs> there it is and you got love back look at Charles first meeting with Ashley and she sends love <laughs> but no love but no love for Philly though no love for Philly Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Killed it. Thank you, bro. Oh. Wow. <laughs> hey. Oh, man. I know, I, I, know, I know Jim Trotter was on yesterday, but we just can't play that enough. Replay that enough. Rihanna, post-Super Bowl halftime show, which was watched by more people who actually watched the game. 118 million people saw this halftime show. 113 million roughly saw the game. And so Trotter... Sees Rihanna there on the golf cart. You crushed it, Ree. And she says, Thank you, Boo. Thank to you, our boo. guy, Mike Jones, our guy, Lord Trotter. How do you feel about Lord Trotter getting that? Now, you got to call him Lord now for real. Hey, hey I told her, I tweeted at him because he said the paperwork's filed. His name is changed to Boo Trotter. I said, You are Lord Boo. Um, like, I mean, he turned into a 15 year old fanboy. Um, but hey, you know what? She did acknowledge him. Um, I, I just I didn't think I missed the cool yeah. like 
you know, was going to get so giddy oh, like it. that. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Uh, we've seen it all now. So let me uh, tell me this, uh, Mike Jones, because you got so much to dig into. We had the Super Bowl, great Super Bowl. And then a couple of days after, what do we have? Derek Carr, according to Adam Schefter, has officially been released by the Raiders. You tell me which one, which story uh, grabs your attention? Because And both of you, really, because there's so much good stuff here. So Carr released by the Raiders. Where is he going to go? Aaron Rodgers is still probably in the darkness retreat. Who knows uh, if the Jets will get him and if the Packers will turn it over uh, to Jordan Love. The Indianapolis Colts, I must say I was wrong. I want to say it loudly, energetically. I was wrong. I was convinced they were going to give that job to Jeff Saturday and give them credit. No Saturday. No, no, no. He was not the man for the job. They gave the job to Shane Steichen of the Eagles. So he's their new head coach. And then Jonathan Gannon, new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So Mike, all all these uh, NFL storylines flowing, uh, what stands out to you? Then nothing changes. You got five head coaching vacancies. You got one black guy hired to replace another black guy. You got all these unproven coordinators with no play calling experience or very little play calling experiences. And you got guys with track records like Leslie Frazier who didn't even get a sniff. You hiring guys, Super Bowl losers to run your team, and Eric Bieniemy, two-time Super Bowl winner, doesn't get a head coaching job. He is like basically going to have to settle for another offensive coordinating job if he leaves the Chiefs. That's what stands out to me is that you know Roger Goodell and they talk about all the progress and things like that. Nothing freaking changes. You got Raheem Morris, like I said, Leslie Frazier, Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, uh, Jim Leftwich, Caldwell. Yeah. You know all these qualified guys that. You know, Shane Steichen, you know, what has he accomplished that Byron Leftwich hasn't? Or, you know, or what has he accomplished that Eric Bieniemy has not? Um, You know, what has Jonathan Gannon accomplished that Leslie Frazier has not? Jonathan Gannon, two years and kind of got his lunch handed to him the second half of that game. Yeah, but let's let him run our football team. And, you know, is he going to be the guy that can help, you know, Kyler Murray? I don't know, man. That This what stands out to me is that nothing freaking changes on this head coaching front. I'm, I'm see, mystified. I'm, I'm mystified about the enemy. Like I just, I can't, we've, we've all been staring at this for so many years now. And I, to this day, I can't get a sensible answer that from a multitude of, you know, it seems like it's always this excuse or that excuse. I can't get some common ground answer for why Eric B has not gotten that job. I, I just, and it drives me crazy because I feel like there is something there or, you know, what, what is it? Like, I want to hear like what, stop making the excuses. And I look at a place like Arizona, Mike talks about Jonathan Gannon getting hired there. You hire a defensive coach, like no, nothing against Jonathan Gannon, but you hired a defensive coach for a team that needs someone there with the quarterback. I, I mean, I know you fired Cliff Kingsbury and he was supposed to be there, but, but this is an offensive league. I think you hire offensive coaches excuse me when you have the quarterback to pair them with and yet they go and their finalists are two defensive coordinators and so i'm just like i don't understand what the franchise is is doing how does this head coach make kyler murray a better player you know and it, it just and if someone comes in and turns kyler around as an offensive coordinator 
then they can leave and go become a head coach elsewhere. And Kyler once again is left without an offensive line in the building. So I just, uh, yeah, I can't figure out the enemy and I don't know what the, what the heck the, the Cardinals are doing. Yeah. As I said to uh, Mike Smith yesterday, <clears throat> look, if Eric Bieniemy is is thinking about leaving Kansas City because he feels like that's his path to a head coaching position, then I'd say don't leave Kansas City because that's not your path. Like your path is is where you are right now is good enough. Like you're you you've you've already accomplished it, as you said, Mike. Not just one Super Bowl title, but two. Um, not not. Uh, a few, a handful of conference championship games, but five of them, five right. conference championship games, working with Patrick Mahomes, you know, being a next to Andy Reid and being a part of this group, this this uh, this franchise that uh, since 2017, 2018 has been one of the best franchises in the NFL. I mean, if this is not enough to get the attention of owners, then I hate to say going somewhere else where you don't have Patrick Mahomes, you don't have Andy Reid, and you let's say you finish number 11 in offense. Well, he's only a number 11 in offense. He, ne- he needs Patrick Mahomes. You didn't say that about anybody else. No, right. So you keep You're changing exactly the rules. Right. So I, right. I don't, I, I'm, I, I hope he stays because he's in a good situation. He's not the best situation. The best situation is Eric Bieniemy, head coach. But if he leaves, Mike, what, what are we looking at? Well, that's the problem. If he leaves, because Baltimore hired their offensive coordinator today. So I thought if he left, that would have been a good situation because you go to Lamar Jackson, you know, from Patrick Mahomes to Lamar Jackson. But now you're looking at Washington as, as a team that really wants him. They don't even know who their freaking quarterback is. You don't even know if Ron Rivera is going to be your head coach next year or beyond next year. That's not a good situation. And unfortunately, if he goes somewhere, it's not going to be a positive thing for him to be able to really flex and show what he can do because it's not, it's not quality. And if he goes to a head coaching position, you know, where are you going to go? You don't want to just take anything because then you'll be like Hugh Jackson um, with the Raiders and the Browns in bad situations and not really having a chance to succeed. Or, you know, you know, some of these other guys that we've seen, it's, it's just mystifying. You hear all these excuses why, coaches of color should not be head coaches and all those excuses go out the window for the white counterparts, you know, guys who aren't primary play callers, but it's okay. You know, we'll I, still uh, hire Kevin O'Connell but, to be our head coach. You know, I don't but we'll still Matt, Matt Nagy didn't, Matt Nagy right. didn't need to go somewhere else to be a no. head coach. Doug, Doug no. Peterson, when we went through the whole, well, Andy's calling 95% of the offense, right. Doug calls some of the stuff sometimes in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter, Andy lets him that Doug Peterson got two jobs. Okay. Now, right. granted, the second job was because of what he did in the first job, but he got the first job without, you know, we, we weren't sitting here forever saying, well, he just can't get a head coaching job because it's Andy Collin. But like that just doesn't hold water. It just doesn't. And they're, Zach they're... Taylor and Kevin O'Connell, you know what I mean? Like add them no, to the list too, you know? And and Kevin but O'Connell wasn't even called because Kevin O'Connell wasn't calling plays right. there. Zach Taylor no. wasn't calling plays. Yeah. I mean, it's just, right. that's exactly. completely absurd. And this idea that you have to go to a worse situation to to qualify for a better job is the dumbest thing I've ever. That's not at all how it's worked. We just watched right. the Philadelphia Eagles place two coordinators in jobs. Neither had to go to a worse situation in order to qualify for a head coaching job. That's stupid. That's ridiculous. Don't go to Washington. 
You gotta be crazy to go to what no one should go to Washington to try and get a better <laughs> job than the one they're in That's right, right now. That's absurd. Hey, 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 when you say it out loud, when you say it out loud, it really it sounds worse. <laughs> like, hey, so it Aaron, is. what's your next? Yeah, right. I mean, but that just tells you how bad the situation is. It tells you how bad the NFL is uh, right now. And I, I'm, everybody's guilty. Everybody's guilty until the situation changes. So, Eric, where's, what's your next move? Yeah, I'm going to leave the Super Bowl champs. We won uh, our, second, our second Super Bowl in four years. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go work for Daniel Snyder or whoever he's going to sell the team to if he does sell the team. Uh, that's, I, I'm going to go work for him. And I'm going to work for a coach who, I, I don't know, he may get fired like eight games into the 2023 season. It's that bad. That's what I mean. That's that's what it leaves us. It's it's really uh, mind numbing. You're right. You're right. Uh, I try to put a positive spin on the uh, Colts uh, uh, situation, Mike. I was wrong Sorry. to think that Saturday Can't was going to the job, but I was right about the big picture. Yeah. Same yeah. old same. I mean, hey. But you're not. Angelo but you're original, said, though. My my Angelo said, "When people show you who they are, believe them." Believe and the NFL has this again and again and again who they are. Mike Jones. Mike, I love you. Love you too. Thank you. See? See how they see that? See how easy that is? See how beautiful that is? Doesn't cost a thing. He meant to say thank you, boo. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. All right, Mike. Well, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> Charles. Hey. All right, Charles. Hey. All right. That's hey. okay. That's, that's hey. all right. It's Valentine's Day. Tell me the athlete you loved as a kid. Who was that guy? Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. And you know what? Barry Sanders, when he left, that's when I knew I loved him because he broke my heart when he left after 10 years. I couldn't believe it. He broke my heart oh. before it. any significant other ever did. Before Valentine's Day. I'll tell you who my guy was. Well, after Valentine's Day, it was Barry Sanders. My guy messed up my shot in 1984. World be free. Who shot like that? <laughs> Playing for the Cavaliers. <laughs> hey, they were they were terrible. They were terrible. But he made them relevant with his play and his colorful language. World be free. Loved him. Hey, Charles. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for hanging you, out. Love you, Charles. 
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.